proudly brought to you by the QCCS Mackay Cutters. Hi everyone, welcome to Change Your Game Episode 7. I'm Mitch Cook from Mackay Cutters, Operations Manager. We're going to talk today about uh, health checks and we've got a very special guest, uh, Meech. Uh, welcome Meech. Good on you Mitch, thanks very much for your time mate. Uh, I'd like to acknowledge the Yui people of the uh, Kulin Nation and pay uh, my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Um, Meech, health checks, you know, it's um, especially for men um, getting on in years, mm. um, not to say you are, right? 56. 56 is getting on in years, mate. I'm yeah. starting to feel it, actually. <laughs> okay. So it's very um, relevant, um, especially with a couple of things you've gone through recently. Oh, 100%. 100%. And the, a funny little story was uh, pre, pre-pandemic, I've uh, been doing a lot of stuff for the Kokoda Memorial Foundation, who effectively, there are a couple of blokes um, that were Vietnam vets, and they wanted to do something after they finished in Vietnam. It's, and it's too soon to go and build war memorials in Vietnam. So that's still going on between the countries talking. And they thought, well, in the meantime, let's get in there and do something with the Kokoda track. So there was no start point, no finish point. There was a lot of the stuff had been built, wasn't particularly done very well. So uh, Eric Wynn, who's based here in Mackay, and, uh, and Lenny, who's down on the Sunshine Coast, put the Kokoda Memorial Foundation together. And they're the guys that have built the great big archway at Owens Corner and also the the Triple M McDonald's sign, as we call it, in Kokoda, and then also built a number of uh, uh, memorials along the way. And also, we were the guys that were in there at Gallipoli before the 100th to repair the six Australian plinths and plaques that were damaged a couple of weeks before the 100th commemorations. Yeah, I remember that. So, uh, yeah, we, we had one planned, going up to Owens Corner, and I went to the doctors just to grab my prescription for my, uh, for my malaria pills. And uh, while I was there, as they do, you know, wrap the big thing around my arm, and I failed for the first time ever a blood pressure test. So she did it again. You know, I said, well, just shake it. It's obviously broken because I've never had a problem. And uh, I failed it again. Next thing you know, I was on an ECG. Next thing you know, I was in the MARTA. Before I knew it, I was on a Royal Flying Doctor Service plane, and they flew me up to Townsville, and they whacked in a pacemaker. And as it turned out, and I had no idea because I showed no symptoms whatsoever, that uh, the top part of my heart was not communicating with the bottom part of my heart. And to the point, I, I can actually remember a night where I was uh, in emergency and all hooked up, and the doctors were watching me and they couldn't believe it, but I could get my heart rate under 20, and effectively it means you're dead. And I was just at snooze level. And as I was to learn that the body, despite in my earlier years, you know, I got to a very good level in rowing and I played very good levels of rugby and rugby league, that sometimes the human body can get around these problems. Mm-hmm. But I was one of those guys that you read about in the paper, XYZ, 52, fit, died on a beach just walking the grandkids. Yeah. So it just goes to show you do need to go and see the quack from time to time and get these things checked. So had you been um, you know, regularly doing those health checks with your GP? Look, I'm like every bloke on the planet, mate, seriously. It's like... You know, the Labrador and I used to laugh because I hated going to the doctors as much as he hated going to the vets. And you only go when you're sick. Yeah. But I suppose there comes a time in life where uh, you will, you know, you've got to go regularly to pick up on these things. Uh, I mean, just on that, I can remember we've got a, a group of us get together. One of the boys died of cancer about 21 years ago. And each year we try and get together. They're all, split, you know, all over Australia and we come together and play golf, particularly poorly and sing songs and whatnot, even worse. Yeah. 
And one of the guys, there's a little thing we do, uh, tell me something I don't know about you. One of the blokes stood up. Now, he's a teacher, been around for ages, rugby league, well-known bloke around Mackay because he was doing footy here, Andrew Lawrence. And Andy's only 46, 47, something like that. And he said, boys, uh, I've, got, uh, I've got cancer. So what you need to do, you go to your doc, you get this thing called a man scan. The doc will know about it. And this is to check bowel cancer and all these sorts of things. And I remember everyone being horrified, was going, hang on, hang on, that's only for people that are 50, 60, that's an old man's disease. And he said, no, we've got to that point in life now that we've got to check it. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, every bloke, there was 26, two blokes out of 26 had it, but because they went early, got it, it's gone. So there's another advertisement for, you know, developing a, uh, a relationship with your GP because that's where it all starts. Yeah, definitely. And then also you, you, the self-checks, I guess, we can do as well as as men on mm -hmm. ourselves and, and just looking for those little abnormalities that um, pop up around the body. And, you know, I know for myself, I, I had a... Um, a little um, mole that I was keeping an eye on and regularly had that checked and yeah, um, yeah one, one time it woke up and it you know, it was bleeding so you know, it's definitely a sign of uh, you know something's not right Absolutely. so when got that removed and um, yeah had been um, you know forming into a melanoma so I'm, I'm grateful that I got onto that and and did um, book in and, and get that out but um, well I think you know guys look a, a 56 year old bloke that grew up as a kid you know, 60s, 70s, there was no 30 plus. It, um, I can remember mm. mum putting the, I think it was Hawaiian Tropic, it was coconut oil that helped burn the skin. Yeah. You know, there was no skin prevention. And I remember my doc, who sadly retired, and Dave said to me one day, he said, did you suffer skin trauma as a child? My quote to him was, get your hand off it, Dave. You're the same age as I am, mate. No one even wore a hat. Mm. You know what I mean? So skin cancer, for all of us at my age, if you grew up, you know, in Australia, there's a good chance you've got it there somewhere because we probably overdid it on the vitamin D when we were children. Yeah, no doubt. So very important to keep those regular checks up, um, oh, yeah, especially around here. You've got it. You've it's got very it. hard to get into a, um, like a smart scan. Um, <laughs> you need to have those bookings really early and be proactive with it. So, um, so heart disease. You know, t I read a stat: 2017 biggest killer in in men. Mm. Um, so, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and history and um, growing up playing sport and um, have never had anything wrong with your heart before. That you no, and that's, look, to this day, I don't get it. I really don't. I, I showed no symptoms going in. And, and since I've had the pacemaker, no symptoms going out whatsoever. Cardiologist, happy as Larry. In fact, when I rang him about the COVID shots, you know, I said, I want to get the shots. Have I got any problems? And he said... I can tell you now, you are not clot, you're taking that many pills. <laughs> it would not happen, you know. Um, but look, from a young bloke, as like any other kid, uh, cricket in the streets and, you know, footy in the backyard and all that sort of stuff. I had my first game of uh, rugby league for Gbung State School when I was about five or six, something mm -hmm. along those lines. Barefoot, of course. Played Aussie rules there as well. Um, sadly, in 74, Dad's business, he had the cricket centre in Brisbane. And that got washed away. In fact, his Salik is on the bottom of Breakfast Creek, believe it or not. It's green with a tan top. If anyone sees it, let us know. <laughs> um, but uh, they, we lost everything in the 74 floods in Brizzy. Uh, and Dad decided to go back and teach. Luckily, the old man played cricket for Australia and was pretty handy sort of a coach. So it wasn't that hard. 
good news was he got a job at the King School, which is uh, Australia's oldest school down in Sydney, and it's 360 acres in North Parramatta. So that's pretty much where I grew up. So it was like growing up on a country property, except there was a swimming pool with diving boards and gyms and footy fields, and it was a kid's delight. And 180 acres of virgin bush. <laughs> so in there, obviously, King's very much rugby, rowing, all those things, did all that. Uh, kind of... I like the explosive sports more than... I loved cricket, but I don't know. I wasn't... I was in the A's and all that stuff, but I wasn't going to be that kid. And being Peter Philpott's son, nah, I do it my own way. So got in the rowing, made the eight, made the 15, played for Eastwood, did all those sorts of things and, and went through and then played a bit of rugby and all that. So, you know, rowing is a sport where you're really pumping your heart. And I can remember training... I got the New South Wales crew and you had to do your heartbeats and stuff and you weren't allowed to get over 160. But I tell you what, you know, you're banging out a 1,000 metres rating 46, you're going to go over 160. And, mm. they, they, you know, you'd stop everyone and do their heart rates. As we got fitter, we went down. And all I can think of, knowing what we now know and talking to the heart surgeon, Bobby John, is he's known up there in Townsville. And he just said, look, the mind's an incredible thing. It, it, people and their bodies can work out ways to do things and it doesn't make sense to us. Bumblebees can't fly. I mean, look at Bo Menzies, cerebral palsy, and this guy learns to swim four kilometres in open sea, 180k bike ride, and then gets his feet taped to keep them flat so he can run a full marathon in an ultra marathon. I mean, that's not possible, but Bo Menzies, a local kid here, did it. Well, he's not even a kid, he's 38. Mm. So these things do happen. Um, but then I guess there could be some ramifications back down the road as you get a wee bit older and that's where the docs, the GPs, the system I mean, let's be honest if I'd listened to the GP sorry, if she'd listened to me and, uh, and I didn't bother having the blood test there's a good chance I would have died uh, they think it should have been March, 20, uh, March 17th I should have died in uh, 2020 yeah, when you you know, put in perspective, it's and think about it, you know, it's pretty. Um, you're very lucky, number one. Well, I'm lucky, but I know a hell of a lot of people are really disappointed. They would have been happy <laughs> with the other one. <laughs> has it given you any uh, new outlook on life, or has it changed you in any way? Oh, there's a few things. Rather than waiting for them to happen, I've pushed a little bit. I've I've sort of always been of the the volition. Just be patient. She'll be right. Everything's got a way of you know. There is a greater force out there that I don't understand, but it's, it's served me well over the years. And this has been a couple of things where I've just said, oh, I'm kind of running out of time on this. To, let's just push through and, and see how we go. But mm -hmm. apart from that, not much has changed. I probably haven't exercised as much as I should, um, but that's fighting smoking and all those sorts of things. So, so you know, the advice from the GP following all this, what, what has it been? Has it been to what, give up the smoke really or more interesting, Well, look, any GP's going to tell you that any time. And fair enough, too. I'm ingesting anything into your lungs, it's, it's not good business. And I'm one of those kids, you know, I started when I was about 12 or something, and it was with a packet of black and whites for 67 cents down the shops and, you know, down the bush with your mates and whatnot. But... Uh, uh, we went to a lot of trouble because my wife, Tegan, was up there in Townsville. Obviously, she was very, very worried. Oh, I've got to be honest, I wasn't worried at all because everything felt normal to me. Yeah. Um, and even though the stats suggested otherwise, to me, I was quite antsy about the whole thing because I couldn't see why we were doing it. But anyway, 
I followed the doctor's uh, orders and whatnot. And we talked about the smoking, and it wasn't the smoking that's caused the problem. Uh, my father, when he was a kid, had rheumatoid, uh, not rheumatoid, pardon me, uh, uh, it's, it escapes me, but he didn't go to school till he was nine. He was that sick with a very weak heart. So it would look like I probably picked up a little bit of that from dad or something hereditary-wise. Yeah. Um, but the smoking was not anything to do with the heart in any way, shape or form. But nonetheless, it's enough to give you boot up the backside to go, yeah, I'd better give the darts away, you know. It's, if I want to see my uh, granddaughter get married and, you know, see my grandsons get married and that mm. sort of stuff, um, then then that's a necessary evil. I've got to get rid of them, as much as I love them. Anyway. And exercise, what what do you do now? Uh, Stand-up paddleboarding's my favourite. Yeah. So my granddaughter's uh, thing is she wants to know everything I know about surfing and stand-up paddleboarding, so I've always been a very keen surfer. And then uh, had a brush with a shark off North Wall. So I just went, well, instead of sticking my arms in there, I might stand on top of the board and have a great big paddle to whack the shark <laughs> next time. So... Stand-up's good. Uh, tell, tell us about that. What happened? Oh, it's just sitting out the back at North Wall, and there's uh, off the, uh, what do they call it? There's a little tower there that's got some lights and everything on it, and straight out the front of that, you get these big hokey lefts that come through when we get that, you know, three-metre, 30-knot sort of situation. And they're big lefts, and uh, it's just a shark hanging around. And, you know, it was pretty... First, <laughs> first time you've seen it? No, no, yeah. I got brushed by a shark in Coffs Harbour, actually, uh, many, many moons ago. But, you know, I was a young bloke and 10-foot tall and bulletproof, you yeah. know, and no jockstrap could fit you kind of stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, getting a bit older, uh, yeah, just really sort of got inside my head. And I just thought, well, you stand up paddleboard. If I learn how to do that properly, you can also do that surfing, and it makes more sense to be on a bigger board. But you've got a stick. Mm. So at least you've got a chance, if you know what I mean. Do you find it... It harder or easier, stand-up paddleboard uh, on the wave? Surprisingly difficult, actually. Look, getting the board, places like Aggie Water, it's easy in Noosa because you can see them a mile off, turn around, and, you know, here in Mackay, you've got to drop and turn and go quite quickly, yeah. and that can be very challenging. But, you know, look, it's all fun and it's fitness and it's, mm. it's good for your core and it works every piece of your body. Uh, and then uh, I got in and uh, last year, much to my, my wife's disgust, I... I bought a thing, it's called a water, a water bike. So it's actually a bicycle on pontoons, so you can ride a bike on water. So, I've been, yeah, most people have seen that around um, Imeo and Bacasia and Shoal Point, and that's a really Hard good work. way to get fit. Well, the way I see it is I don't have to put up with Mackay drivers at roundabouts who have absolutely... How hard could it be to work at a roundabout? Turn Siri on and just go, exit two, exit three, exit four, and that will tell you when to put your blinker on. You're killing me, Pete. So you get out there and you're not going to get cleaned up by that. Tennis with the boys is a bit of fun. That's, that's a wonderful tennis club. It's called Men Who Like Beer and Don't Mind Tennis Much. Mm-hmm. So strong traditions there for about uh, 20 odd years. How many in that group? Maybe about 30, 30 or 40. And uh, played a lot of touch footy with this scratch game that used to be at St Francis Xavier, which has moved over to Magpies. So yeah. be, that's been going for 30 odd years now. Great thing about living in a country town, hey. Scratch games are touch football on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, where it's good you fun. don't know who's going to be on the outside. I've seen that many NRL guys turn up just to have a run. It's great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Let's go a little bit further into your career um, at the ABC and uh, in radio, mm. in particularly, and just the sort of peaks and troughs of that, and um, 
yeah, take, take us through your career. Uh, well, in a nutshell, started 84 at TW. I was the office boy and uh, used to do all the papers and that sort of thing. Uh, and then they needed a guy to fly around in a Cessna each morning to do the traffic reports. So as the magic 11 eye in the sky, which was all a bit of fun for $96 a week I used to get. You used to have to be at Bankstown Airport at 2.30 in the morning. Tie the radio into the airplane, off you go. Be back at 10. You try and drive from Bankstown at 10 a.m. in the morning over to Neutral Bay. Yeah, good luck. It took about an hour and a half. And then you'd work through about five. And then you had your rowing training on the other side and whatnot. Um, and then from there, TUW is linked to Commonwealth Broadcasting Network. Commonwealth Broadcasting Network had about 30 odd stations, so we represented them around Australia. Uh, and then from that, you, back in the old days, if you wanted to be on air, you, there were certain levels and classes of announcer. And the best, the quickest way, the best way to learn was to do Western service. So I'd been overseas and I'd mucked around, you know, had a shot at pirate radio and those things for a bit of fun. Came back, really didn't want to live in the city. I wanted to live in the country because bearing in mind, as I said, Kings was like a big property. So you had room, whereas Sydney was just turning into this real city where there was no room and hard to get around. So I went five years, I worked at Kingaroy, so that was 4SB Kingaroy, 4LG at Longreach, 4CC in Gladstone, and then back to 4AK in Toowoomba. That was five years, and that effectively makes you an A-grade announcer, which means you can work anywhere. But by then, the whole system had been dismantled. So for a piece of paper, it was a complete waste of time. But what the great thing was, everywhere I went, and bearing in mind there's, there's heaps of us doing this Western service. Oh, have you heard about, you know, have you heard about Archie? Archie got a job in Mackay. Everyone talked about Mackay. Mackay this, Mackay that. Green, it's got beaches, it's got mountains, there's Ely Beach, there's the islands and fishing. Do you know they've got surf? And then lo and behold, one of the boys who was, uh, I was working with in Toowoomba, he became the GM of 4MK. He rang me at TWS in Sydney and he just said, I want you, I need you. True story, I just went to the airport and got on the plane and my wife and kids, I rang them from Mackay and said, we've got the job in Mackay, just pack everything up and whatever you can't fit, sell it. Beautiful. Mm. So, so that was 94. 94, right. Yeah, a long time ago. So you would have seen Mackay go through a lot of changes since then? 100%, 100%. Especially here at the Cutters and, and football. Um, well, and, and you know, gee whiz, I mean... <laughs> When I was playing footy on the Darling Downs for, uh, for Dolby, the old Wheatman, and part of the gig for the Wheatman was you'd, you'd probably have to play quite a few games for league as well because they were struggling at the time, the old diehards there. And that's good, you know, and, and same in Longreach uh, where there was both, both league and union and whatnot. Um, and I, I, loved, I always loved my league because I can remember as a little boy uh, going out to uh, Lang Park and I think it was about, it was three or four bucks and you got four, four A-grade games. And uh, I would imagine I was a bit like Andrew Moore. Dad would give you a bag of chips and a Coca-Cola. He'd go and talk to his mates and you'd just sit there and be glued watching the footy. Mm. Um, so football was certainly in the blood. And then to get to Mackay and went out, uh, went out and saw the Foley Shield Seagulls play this game. And they smashed cans at Quarry Hill at the rugby park. And they were smashing them and people were walking away. I couldn't believe it. And I remember asking this guy, what's the story? And he just said, oh, it's not an even game. Who wants to watch that? You look at the guys that were in the back line. Like you look at those teams, those Foley Shield winning sides, they're unbelievable. Yeah. And, and the quality of the football was just 
magnificent. The skill level was awesome. And then you transform into the cutters system. And where, you know, a lot of people they argue about the cutters. Is it successful? Is it a failure? I mean, and I'll, this is where I stand with the whole thing is it's a transitional team. It's a shot for our kids. So a kid that's playing, you know, North Devils Juniors over here at the Junior Rugby League grounds, like my grandson, uh, he wants to be a cutter. And he's only discovered you might have to do a bit of training, you know, just to keep going in league and whatnot. But the point is the opportunity is there. And for all the young ladies that are playing rugby league, the opportunities now to have a shot at the title are there. You don't have to do what, say, Steve Jackson did or Brett Dallas or mm. any of the myriad of blokes that got to the top did is leave town. Renee. Oh, 100%, you know. You've got to leave town. You've got to find somewhere to live. You've got to mm. find a job. You know, what club do I go? And you might not have ever lived in a city in your whole life. And it, let's face it, it doesn't suit everyone. So I would rather see our guys go to uni, get a trade. They've got a good job back up because we know what the, the risks are with football. You are going to get injured. Is it, see, is it you know, career-end injury or what? But at least you've got that back up there. And that's what I love about the cutters and where it's going. So, but, you know, with the radio sides of things, uh, 4MK, worked in um, advertising for a while here. That uh, into the Blue Moose, uh, which was a nightclub and restaurants and all that stuff, and then back into radio. Had a great run with Tegan Philpot, who well, her name's Philpot now. So we got married and whatnot while we we're on air, and then uh, got old and the uh, <coughs> pardon me, the ABC beckoned. So I went across to the ABC because I was really interested in how the community worked, and that's what ABC is all about. It's what makes the place tick, and how do you make it tick better? Yeah, I've tuned in, tuned in a lot of uh, of the shows and Saturday mornings, and um, yeah, it's it's a lot different to a lot of the ABC stations across um, yeah, across groovier. the country. Yeah, we're we're not quite as. Um, it's we, refreshing though. Yes, well, we haven't quite mastered the ABC accent just yet, because um, we're working on the theory: talk talk where you live. And that's what people respond to. That's how you get a conversation going, or you get a bit of trust going, sort of mm. thing. The main reason the ABC exists in this day and age is, uh, you know, for cyclones, bushfires, floods and all that sort of stuff. And sadly, I've, I've had to do a number of those broadcasts over the year just here locally. But the good news is we haven't lost anyone yet. So no. hopefully I can maintain that for the rest of my career. And it seems like you've got the, the pick of the, what songs get played and don't get played. Oh, yeah, there's a bit of an argument about that, actually. Uh, we're just blessed here that we've just got so many local artists. So... If, you know, Early Beach, for instance, there's about 40, 50 professionals that are working all the time. Mm. Uh, we can use their music. We can use our local, uh, you know, there's about 30 or 40 in Mackay as well. Uh, and then you've got the guys that made it the top, i.e. Connors and uh, Brad Butcher, Kieran McCarthy. Eight Ball Aiken married an Early Beach girl, so we're claiming him. Uh, so there's quite a few there and a big upcoming mob as well. Um, but then also, uh, you've got a lot of people where grew up with Countdown. So not to play a bit of countdown music would be just suicide because it brings back so many memories, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it gives you a more eclectic mix. But you, you've also got those stories, i.e. this morning, there's quite a bit on voluntary assisted dying with the, the hearings up in Townsville and, and Rocky over the next couple of days and whether people were on board with that and talking to different people about what their experiences are. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's light there's light and dark and shade and all those sorts of things. Yeah. On the, the dark, light and um, shade and... Take us through the bits, of, uh, the few ups and downs um, that do happen within 
work, life. Um, how do you, mm. what, what gets you back to um, you know, being, being at your best? Well, over the years I've noticed and really sort of kept track of it actually that I know personally for myself that, did I just say personally for myself? I did, didn't I? Mm. Can you edit that out? Anyway, what I've noticed is around about a seven-week cycle, uh, you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof and going along your merry way, and then all I can put it down to, whether it's the shifting of the moon or the planets align or whatever it might be, week seven to eight, you just you lose some energy and you drop. And you things that normally would bounce off you know, your, your shield of steel like Batfink, suddenly it just doesn't bounce and it, it pitches and it can affect you differently than, say, weeks one through seven. And, and what I've learnt in that week uh, is go and exercise more straight away. Mm -hmm. uh, really keep yourself busy. Don't mope around or anything because bad thoughts. And I, I, can, I can get that thing. It's like at the airport where you throw that dollar and it, it goes around and around into the donation yeah. bin. Well, but that's exactly the same as the black dog. That's how it works. It, it hooks us like this, and then you've got to fight it off to not go round and round and round and down the hole. Because, I mean, like all of us, a bloke of 56, I've seen too many mates go down the hole. Mm. Sadly, I've seen a couple that never come out. Most we've been able to rescue and, you know, and bring them back out. But that's what I've learned is get in there, exercise. And also, uh, it's just amazing... I'm blessed that I've got a couple of really close mates. Just ring them. Hmm. You know, mate, I just I can't get my head around this. Have you got time to, to break the top of a rum and just have a bit of a chat about life and everything? Oh, doesn't it make you feel a bit better? Yeah, it does. It's great when you can do that and call up a mate and have, have those chats. And um, what about the other way around, though? Have, have people recognised where you haven't been at your best and given you a call and said, yeah, meet yeah. you all right? Look, uh, I, I had a go for the Cedarwitz Sunday um, years ago, I didn't even make it to election level, you know, I got banged out in pre-selection. And it was really disappointing because I put a lot into that. And I guess the bit where I felt embarrassed was everyone was like, oh, you're a shoe in no worries, you'll win this by, you know, and you're talking to all the people that are going to vote for you. Mm. And I didn't. And look, whether it was a stitch up or whatever, that's not the point. But we have expectations of ourselves. And sometimes when we don't meet those expectations, be it for no fault of your own, be it you just got thrown a really rough deck of cards, whatever it is, it's how you deal with that disappointment. And that's where we learn resilience as children. It's not the end of the world, the sun will come up tomorrow, you know. But you can take it really badly. And the thing for me was, see, I put my ABC job on the line for it. Now, with an ABC job, it's effectively a job for life. As long as you don't do anything stupid, you'll be fine. And they said, look, if, if this doesn't all work out and everything like this, you'll be off air for a year, two, three. It all depends on things. So when it didn't work out, there's no election for maybe six, seven months. I'm not allowed to work at the ABC. A few things changed where I wasn't even allowed to go interstate and work for the ABC. So I was caught in a horrible situation where I couldn't do what I'm trying to do. And sadly, what I do, it's highly trained, but so niche. Hmm. It's very hard to get paid elsewhere. But luckily, one of the boys from the KMF was building a house and uh, he just said, I could use a really big fat labourer. <laughs> I said, I'm the guy. And, you know, it turned around. My wife said, 
God, that's made a difference to you. I said, I know, because it's exercise. We're out in the, you know, we're building. It's something I remember as a kid that I really loved and all that mm. stuff. And to this day, I don't know, because I didn't ring him for the job. He rang me, and I reckon someone tipped him off. So I think the boys just went, he's not dealing with this real well. We've got to get him off his butt and get yeah. him out there out and do house. something. You know, and Eric, Eric rang me, and I just, yes, look, that's great. And I've often thought about it. What if I went, oh, no, mate. See, and that can happen too. Mm. Um, so luckily, I think... I was giving this some thought on the weekend, funnily enough. None of us are perfect. And that's the real, that's what it comes down to. And you think of the strongest male character you possibly can. If you set him down and you said, are you perfect? <laughs> no. <laughs> like the guys that have, read the success, the guys that have been incredibly successful and they, they always say the same thing. I'm only successful because I made more mistakes but kept going until something went right. You know, football is, is a wonderful teacher in that regard. You can play some horrible seasons, but if your skill levels build up, sooner or later you're in a team. For some reason you click with that style or maybe it's the coaching or maybe it's just a senior leadership team or maybe a change of position, and away you go. Hmm. The way I see it, life's like that. And that's why I love football so much because it does teach you resilience. You can, you can if you keep fighting, you can come back. You might not always win, but it's about the fight. It's about trying to do the very best you can. And of the very best you are, we had an old rowing coach, Kenny St. Heaps, and he just said, don't ever look out of the boat. He said, I'm not worried about the other crews. All we're all worried about is just doing the very best that we can. If we make that boat go as fast as we possibly can, it doesn't matter whether we win or come last because we did the best we could. He said, I just think you blokes, you probably win because you're quite quick and you're good at what you do. And that's exactly the same as football. The good sides are the same. Yeah. Bellamy, look at Bellamy at, at the storm. Oh, we won by 40. That's not the point. Yeah. You guys weren't your best tonight and this is why. Yeah. Whether you do your job or not. Absolutely. About. And, and, you know, the whole headspace thing, that's exactly what we're going through in this country at the moment. But I think the first step is all blokes, we have to recognise that we're not perfect um, and I don't look. I don't always agree about the. You know, I, I like the idea of hands up because mm. that can be very subtle and saying to a mate, "I'm not dealing with this, mate." You know, but making a big song and dance about it, it's just not our style. We're not built like that. We don't. We actually. Uh, I heard someone say, "You know, golf's brilliant because if you drive around in a the cart, they're not looking at each other." We don't quite often. If you're talking about something that troubles you, you can talk without looking because by looking the eyes tell too much mm. and you're kind of giving away your infallibility which none of us want to give away yeah. even to our closest friends but if the problem's been relayed to the other person that person's there punching the shoulder arm over the shoulder or something how much what a difference does that make yeah. you know and that but that comes back to that guy putting his hand up I and mean, that's why it's on the on the cutter's jerseys mm. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so the blood pressure tests, if we go back to that, how often should we be getting our blood pressure tested, especially over 50, every couple of years, every six year, months. six months? Uh, I had to buy one, so I do it at home. Yeah. So I still don't know what all the numbers mean and that, but I've got a little thing. And as long as it's in, in there, the range. it's off. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but look, look, the, the, uh, the man scan, 
mm-hmm. every two years. And if you just say that to the doc, they know exactly what you're talking about. And it's a normal thing, go and get a bit of blood. And they check this, 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 this. And it all comes back. Yeah. And it gives you some indications and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, man scans every two years. I don't know. I mean, check up at least once a year, at least. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other thing too is uh, you're paying 70 bucks to go and see them. So, hey, well, I've got your doc. Can you just check this mole, please? Yeah. You know, I've been watching it for the last three months. It's not gone away. What do you think? Ta-da. So, you know, quite often we get in and get out as quick as we can, mm-hmm. you know. But, I mean, hey, if you've got to put up with the sound of the rubber glove being flicked on and hope to God that you're not, your doctor's not a messy Fijian man, <laughs> um, well, it's going to keep you around long enough. And, yeah. I, and it's thinking about those things in your life, which, I mean, I was taught the most important thing about being a man is for your family, roof, food on the table, protection. Mm-hmm. But what I also learned is that quite often we're the glue, we're the mud, we, we keep the whole thing together because society's flip-flopped and changed so much that for the girls, they need us to be rocks. And even if they were old rocks and we're old-fashioned, we're dependable, we're loyal, you can back us home. It's like, it's like an old second rower, seriously. He's, gonna cut, he's not going to be the guy that sidesteps, chips over the top and scores from 40 out, but he'll make 48 tackles a game. He'll take up 22 hit-ups. And he's just there all the time. He's just so dependable. He's turning up. Absolutely. But how valuable is yeah. that guy in, in the team, in the team complex? So how valuable is that man within the family complex? Dad, granddad, uncle, you know, whatever you are, you're dependable, you're there, and you're there for them. And, you know, being uh, humble and kind and patient are generally not traits that we attribute to men. But look at our role within our families, and that's what we do. And we're really good at it too, Mm. by the way. And it appears to me the more footy and team sport you've played, the more you understand the dynamics of it so you're able to do these things and take pride quietly in how your role is there. You might not be the rock star. You're not the, you know, I mean, I still think wingers should pay $5 to get into a game, okay, standing out there reading the paper and having a cup of tea. But generally they're the rock stars and all that stuff. But the big dependable blokes, geez, they're important to a family. They really are. So nothing wrong with being an old second rower. Yeah. Uh, we talked about resilience before, and I think the Cutters showed a bit of that on the weekend. Um, yeah, it was good to see the boys earn a win, hey. Mm. Look, and it's, it's been a tough year. Uh, well, actually, um, Tegan's the football operations manager for, uh, for the, uh, the Capras. and yeah. I. Just said, you know, look, you got Busby down there at ABC doing the Saturday morning program. Johnny Manning's doing Saturday sport up here. There's a guy called Bluey in Cairns. I said, it'd be really interesting to get all the guys to do a story. Uh, Capras, Cutters, Pride, success or failure? Because mm-hmm. they're only baby franchises. It's not even 20 years. Yeah. Now, Cutters have won once in 2013. Pride have won twice, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, and look, you could put the Goldhawks into this, but no one likes Townsville, so let's not bother. Um, and the Capras, well, they've had a real hard go of it, right? But success or failure? And as I've already said, I believe it's a success because it, the pathways are now there for our boys and our girls to get to the very top of the sport and, and maybe learn some stuff on the way. 
But it's not just the players. Let's not forget, we've had some coaches really go on beautifully, mm. but we've had some administrators, we've had some sports medicine people go into full-time work coming out of the cutter system. So, you know, it's, it's really quite a massive thing that out of, you know, Australia's, what are we, 14th largest city, that we've got this franchise. We've, we've won the competition once. And it's not like, you know... We won the Kippen Street under E-grade premiership. We won the Queensland Cup, for God's sake, against some really good opposition. Mm. And our time will come again. But it's just getting that roster on the park again, well, it's going to be a while, you know, like realistically. Yeah, and you know, we've got a good group of young, uh, talented players in our in our squad. And, you know, the Jeez, Nick O'Hines, how well's he gone? Braden Alley. Yeah, you know the ukulele, absolutely. Especially the ones we've got at the moment. I think you know, you know Ray Burns and uh, Josh Smith. You know, well, you know, it's not that long ago Jordy Pereira was running around, you know, riding his skateboard to training. Yeah, I mean he's just gone well, and it's just time. You, you, you see, you watch a round of NRL. Oh, I remember that kid playing for Sunny Coast. Oh, he used to be a cutter, or mm. you know, and they've gone upwards and onwards, and that's that's what it's all about. That you're preparing them for the next level, and I think. But, you know, Crawley's in charge at the moment. We've, you know, Kim Williams, Brams, uh, Jimmy Wilson when Jimmy jumped yeah. in. Of course, Anthony Seabold, Seabes was his for ages. Uh, you can even go back to Mussey when it all got going. And they've all, all really got in and had a red-hot crack yeah. to, to make it the system that it is that uh, provides a magnificent pathway for young men and young women in rugby league. Yeah, Glenn Oddaway too. You know, I oh. remember back when I first came here working under Glenn, and you know, he's now you know, head of community at the QRO and doing great things there. And How good's he gone, the Otter, yeah. eh? Absolutely. Worst referee I've ever seen. <laughs> Did you ever see the game where he refereed it in the really long yeah. pants? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got stuck in him for He's that. a good man, Glenn yeah. Oddaway, yeah. Um, all right, well, you got anything else to leave us with before we wrap it up? <clears throat> On the health thing I think well, I think we make a mistake in this country at the moment and that is we talk about mental health and I, and I think a lot of blokes don't go too well with that mm -hmm. next generation they'll be fine it, it's my generation your generation I think we struggle a little bit about just saying the word I think so <laughs> I, I think so because it's there's nothing wrong with me mate mm. you know just don't turn a toaster on um, but we accept that we can get injured you know, just climbing a ladder. And we all laugh about it. I mean, I heard one of the boys telling a hilarious story. Climbed up a ladder, do some jobs, and uh, his back went while he was up there and he'd just talk about how stupid it was trying to get back down that ladder. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, instead of saying mental health, we just say, I just got injured. <laughs> you know, upstairs injury or, or something like that. Mental health, to me, has a fog where it goes on forever. But we can all get injured around the brain from time to time. Divorce is a horrible thing. Moving towns, changing jobs. These are all things that affect us in so many different ways. But it doesn't mean it's forever. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But recognising that you're on that downward slope. Oh, yep. And, and you've got a battle plan. It's just like a football, you know, that the flow of the game starts going against you. The good sides know where to go and what to do straight away. And be that right, we're going to tackle harder change our defensive patterns or whatever. No, we're just going to throw it around because we love throwing it around and we always score. Mm. Whatever it might be. But what's the battle plan? Exercise more. Absolutely. Enjoy the outdoors. Ring pick a mate. Up, yeah, pick up the phone. And how often does it work 
just coming to the footy, you don't need to like football. And believe it or not, there's plenty of people that played footy that don't actually like watching it. Mm. But you're coming here and you see all these people that you know and, hey, you know, Mitch, how are you? Mate, I haven't seen you for ages. It's, you know, when I say to people, have you ever been to the stadium and watched a Cutters game? Oh, no, I don't really like football. Oh, okay. You've been to the races? Yeah. What, do you like horse racing? No. It's the same thing. It's just the horses have got two legs. Yeah, it's, and it is very social here, isn't oh, it? Oh, 100%. Great. Yeah. And that's what it's about, saying good day to everyone, moving through. And there'll always be someone that's got a funny story for you. But to see how you fit in and people like you and they like that you came out and all that, that's a good way to stop that penny going anywhere near the, ho- the hole and falling in, Yeah, from my point of view. And, you know, someone says, geez, mate, you're looking really fit. But, uh, hey, we're, uh, we've started riding pushies or do you, do you want to come or we're playing touch football on Sundays or, uh, you know, we play tennis, do you want to come over here or whatever? You go, that'd be, I'd really like that. So you can solve all these problems by one hit by getting out there and having a go, even if you're feeling a bit vulnerable underneath, but even at the same time, if worst came to the worst, one of your mates would go, mate, are you all right? You, you okay? No, I'm not. So just to give that up very quietly to someone and then you see them, blokes are good at this they just say, come on mate, we're going to have a little drink over behind the and just have a little beer over there, knowing in here what, what's wrong, what's uh, marriage has gone down the gurgler or I'm going to lose my job because we're getting bored out by some southern mob or whatever mm. and as I was saying, you know, two blokes watching the footy you're not looking in the eye, you're not challenging each other, but just to get you know, the punch or the, the arm around the shoulder or something Ah, it's all right, mate. We're, we're in this together. You know, you, changes your whole pers- perspective on the problem, you think? Yeah. It's a great connect day, our sport, rugby oh, league, and yeah. that's why we're so passionate about change game and, and um, everyone's well-being and mm. um, getting everyone on the positive side of it. So, Absolutely. Meech, it's been a great chat. I really thank you for coming on. I'll probably uh, extend the thank you to all the years that you've been our ground announcer <laughs> here too. Good on you, mate. Um, no worries. No, they were great great years over the microphone um, and yeah wish you all the best and ongoing with everything you've got going on with the, the health um, and ABC and uh, Tropical North so thank you again it's been a pleasure good on you Mitch thank you very much cheers change the game proudly brought to you by the QCCS Mackay Cutters